I'm glad y'all are here. This is exciting. Um, if you, this is a series that we're doing in the summer. This is a part three of adults and um, students together. The idea being that, um, well, it's good for us to be mixed in together, and it's fun to have conversations afterwards. And somehow hitting something in the middle in the summer, um, it's just kind of fun. Like that, something that attracts everyone, just kind of spices it up. We're already kind of relaxed. Um, so I'm going to pray for us, then we're going to start. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for um, your word and your son. I thank you for um, this opportunity to, to proclaim your good news. I pray, Lord, that you would speak through me clearly. I pray that um, this would be about you and not about country music, Lord. Um, Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so the title this year, I'm going to go through kind of what the title is first so it makes sense. Okay, um, why unexpected? <laughs> That's what comes up when you Google surprise. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and I thought it was kind of funny. But um, why unexpected? The idea of the series, Katie and Cameron and I brainstormed for a long time, what would we do? Two years ago we did Pixar, last year we did, I don't remember, something, something like that. And um, the idea for unexpected was that if we really believe what we just proclaimed or are about to proclaim in church about um, and the Apostles' Creed about God being um, maker of all things in heaven and earth and um, being almighty, then we believe that his fingerprints are probably going to be on everything. I mean, that he's creator, he's very much present, he sent his son here, he's still here. Um, so we're going to be able to see him even in places we aren't looking. So it's kind of exciting as a Christian, I think, when we've got our, as I like to say with the students, God goggles on to look at things and to see God working when we wouldn't expect to see him working. Um, so then that leads me to, and so the first week we did Parks and Rec, Katie Carroll, it was awesome. And then we did Guns N' Roses with Cameron last week, and so I'm doing country music, <laughs> which I just love. And the reason I picked country music was because as I was, you know, praying about what to teach on, everything I kept coming up with felt really expected. And so... I thought, well, why don't I pick, this is my excuse to pick something that people kind of make fun of me for, and then dig deep into what is it about this that I really love. <laughs> and so that's kind of part of what this is. Um, I love country music, old stuff. As you'll see, we've got some old favorites, Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings. I love the old stuff. I also love the new stuff. I, no shame. I love 1025 The Bull. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to try to kind of like maybe redeem all of it. We'll see. Um, I, what I love about it, we're going to kind of get into that, but I love, I think, the simplicity of it, and I love um, the acceptance of fa weakness and failure you see in country music. My dad tells this joke, <laughs> which is not his joke. I think it might have been a Paul's All joke, but I don't know. He's like, one time I played a country music song backwards, and I got my dog back, I got my house back, and I got my girl back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's why I love country music. Um... So today we'll be talking about two points, basically. Um, one, that if you're a Christian, I think you've accepted the fact that you were born to lose. That you, that's a Johnny Cash cover that we're about to listen to. But you're a failure. Like you are, as a Christian, you've accepted that you're a failure. How is that? Well, if, for example, Rapunzel. That's my example. If she could have gotten out of that tower by herself, then she would have, right? I mean, why was she waiting around with her long hair? I would have climbed out of that thing ASAP. But she didn't do that, right? She needed to be saved. If we have been saved by Jesus Christ, by necessity, we have failed. And there's something about living your life in light of that that's kind of hopeful. Like, knowing already that I'm a failure changes the way that I live my life day to day. I see with the students, especially, and with myself, that we live in fear of failure. It's like in fear of admitting weakness. But there's something liberating about the fact that I'm a Christian means that I can say that. 
So one, we're born to lose. That's what I'm going to talk about today. One, we're born to lose. And two, knowing that changes the way I live. So we're going to listen to a little Johnny Cash, Born to Lose. I'll admit that this is, again, a cover, but it's too good to pass up. Um, also, I'm going to say, I know it's kind of awkward sometimes, to, I find in classes, to just listen to a song. But that's why I printed out the lyrics, if you want them. But we're just going to listen to like a minute. Cash born to lose. If you can't relate to that, then I'm jealous. Okay, but you haven't had at least one day where you were like, I just feel like today I was born to lose. Like everything I touch is turned into dust. Everything is a disaster. Whew, I love that song so much. Um, we see it too. So Johnny Cash is kind of getting at. You see where I'm going with this? Our Christian notion of the idea that we were born sinners, right? And that there's no, no, no getting around it. That again, that we need a savior. We see that in Romans five. That's on the board. I'm going to read for you. It says. While we were still weak, oh, I love that, weak. While we were weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, and that while we are still sinners, sorry, while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God from the death of, by the death of his son. Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So what do we read in Romans? We read, like I said, that we're born to lose, right? He starts out and he says, while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died. We weak. Christ died for, the, died for the ungodly, we ungodly. While one will scarcely die for a righteous person, Though perhaps for a good person, one would even dare to die. Which suggests, if he says, maybe you would die for a good person, suggesting that we are not good, right? We are not good. We are not godly. We are not strong. We are weak. That's what he says about us. And yet, Christ died for us. Born to lose. That's what Romans tells us. So, born, original son. What does that chain, what does that mean for me? I think oh, it means a lot of things. But one, I would say, it changes our expectations about ourselves and about our friends. So if I accept about myself that I was born to lose, I no longer look for perfection, right, in myself. And I no longer expect it from other people. 
So it changes the way I, I treat other people. I give them more grace. And two, I'd say there's no shame in weakness. Now's the moment for um, my current... This is on the radio right now. I want you to feel very hip. Just came out, a new single. It's called um, I'm to Blame by Kip Moore. Some of the younger ones might know Kip Moore. Okay. Um, and he basically... The song I'm to Blame. I mean, he no shame and weakness. He can call out what says... You see the lyrics. I think they're hilarious. Okay. Sorry, there's a swear word. I think that's so funny. Where there's a do not touch, my fingerprint stained it. <laughs> um, he accept, the freedom to accept, I'm to blame. Again, if you've accepted that about yourself, then there's a readiness to say in any argument that part of this is me. Part of this is on me. There's no way that I haven't touched part of it. And he says, you, what, you, you got the trigger pointed at me. Some of that is mine. And I think that comes from that acceptance, that we have changed expectations about ourselves, and then we can accept our own weakness. And then finally, it leads to confidence in God's ability. Because if we accept that everyone that we live with is weak and a failure, somehow redemptive things are happening, and that's got to be coming from somewhere else, right? It's, if it's not coming from people, it's coming from something else. Um, so, just as a quick, maybe you're thinking, wait, Sarah, how can you be proud of weakness? How, why should I be proud of my sin? He's talking about things that are potentially not good. When it said, don't touch that, and he touched it, it's probably not a good idea, right? When he said, the, when I see the blue lights, they're calling for me. We don't want the blue lights ever to be calling for us. He was probably doing something wrong. Um, and we don't want to be proud of our weakness. It is still sin. Um, and we see that in country music, too, and in life. I mean, I don't know, maybe you're like me. I, there are plenty of sins that I, at times in my life, have been proud of that maybe I shouldn't have been. Um, one of the most famous, oops, i already given it away, proud of sin, Hank Williams, Jr., Everybody knows Hank Williams Jr. Okay, this is a man who's probably proud of his sin. Not, I'm not saying all the time, but I'm saying in his greatest hit, family tradition, he is a little bit proud of his sin. Um, so we're going to listen to that. And that's not what the Bible is recommending, I'm going to say. Do, do, do. Sorry, scroll. Wait, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh. I didn't know that. I didn't get out. <laughs> Sorry. 
Okay, you get the idea. Hopefully you know that song. Hopefully you'll have a good jam session on the way home. Um, <laughs> Hank Williams Jr. is proud of his son, which is not a good idea because sin is evil still, right? I mean, we don't like it about ourselves. It's still, I mean, it separates us from God. It kills us. It's not doing him any favors. And we see in 1 Corinthians, Paul addresses that. So he goes on a visit to Corinth, right? Or, and he hears from them, or he hears from them, and he hears um, about someone that they've in, is in their church, in their community. And he says this about it. He says, It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that is not tolerated even among pagans. For a man has his father's wife, and you are arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from among you. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? So there's a man in their community who has been married to his father, who has his father's wife. So like a stepmother, you would hope, not his mother. And you are arrogant. And they're boasting about this man, boasting about his son. And he says, your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. For Christ, the Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Jesus didn't come so that we could have, so that we could live that life still, right? Like, again, we were, we were in the tower, stuck in the tower, we have no way out. Jesus didn't come so that we could remain imprisoned by our sin and by the things that are killing us. He came that we might be saved from those things. And so why would we boast about it? Why would we be proud of the things that are killing us and that are doing us no favors? Well, oddly enough, the really famous passage... Oops, sorry, I didn't change it for you. Oddly enough, the really famous passage is Paul does boast about his weakness. So if you have a Bible, this is the passage we're really going to like dig into. It's in 2 Corinthians. So if you don't know where 2 Corinthians is, you take a little trip to the Gospels. So that's kind of like two-thirds of the way. And then Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and you have Acts, Romans, and then First and Second Corinthians. This is 2 Corinthians 12.1 that passage. Um, so the background, if you don't know anything about Paul, Paul's an um, apostle. He sees a, a vision of Jesus on the road to Damascus, right? And he was out persecuting Christians, taking them out of their homes. And then he sees Jesus on the road. He's blind. And the Lord um, calls him to ministry, calls him into, um, out into the, to the Gentiles to spread the good news about Jesus. So that's who Paul is. Paul writes most of the new letters of the New Testament. He's a pretty big deal. And this is what he has to say about himself. Okay, does everyone find it? Okay. He says, I must go on boasting that there is nothing to be gained by it. I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man, I will boast. But on my behalf, I will not boast, except of my weaknesses. Though, if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So to keep me from becoming conceited, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given in me, in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that I, it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. 
For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So somehow this is different. Paul clearly is struggling with some sort of sin, right? Some sort of issue, something in him that is not good. In the same way that that, the guy in the church in Corinth was struggling, right? But there's a difference here. The difference being that Paul has accepted this thing as as a weakness, as a sin in himself. And he's asked the Lord to free him of it, but the Lord says no. The Lord says no. And his answer is, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I'll boast all the more of my weakness. He's conscious of his weakness. He asks for it to be forgiven, but the Lord leaves it. Leaves it and says, Through this, my power will be demonstrated. And we know this in ourselves. Hopefully you can relate to this. A, A place in your life where you would very much like to be given the Lord's power, right? For healing, freedom, and it hasn't happened. Um, I was trying to think of a good example for my own life, just outside of country music, if you needed a break. Um, and it's, there's so many, it's hard to pick. But a kind of neutral example would be, um, I am, thanks to my father, not the most handy of people, right? So never in a million years would, uh, like at one time I, we tried to put a dresser together and it took us, like we sat for two days and my grandfather did it in 30 minutes. I mean, just not my gift. But somehow, and I have a weird fear of ladders. But I took this job, and my first week at the Advent, they had me doing, going on a, leading a mission trip where we re-roof. Okay? Ridiculous. Like, it's, it, was, it was comic. And somehow on it, it ends up being like the greatest trip ever. But I could never take credit for it because the whole time I was singing hymns in my head, thinking like, Lord, help me. Like, may, please may these people not know that I am scared half to death. And that I have no idea what I'm doing. And it just took me three hours to nail that board in. May no one notice, you know? And so I see how that's a silly example, but there's deeper ones, where the Lord takes that weakness and, it, it, and he uses it such that I knew and everyone else knew that God was, God was responsible for that. It wasn't Sarah Siebel's. Um, hopefully of other things like that. There's, I don't think we have time. Eric Church. Oh, maybe we do. Eric Church has a song that I really like. It's on the sheet. It's, it's also out. He's a, he's a contemporary country music singer. Um, and he, the beginning of the song, he talks about um, he comes from a long line of sinners like himself, calling what he does sin. But then it, he ends it, and I think it really... Oops, sorry. He ends it in a really cool way. On the day Me and Jesus got that part worked out. I wait at the gates to his face I see. Standing alone, the sinners like me. I stand in alone, the sinners like me. Okay, did you catch the beginning of that? He starts out and he says that me and Jesus got that part figured out. I kind of love it. That's what I love about country music. Just call it simply. You know, we got it figured out. Um, that despite the fact that he, he's a sinner and he knows that he's done a lot of things that he shouldn't have done, again, like Paul, but then knowing that Christ has, has covered him for that. 
and that he's enough for that. Um, is everyone tracking so far? Does this make sense? Being a Christian means you're a failure. It also changes the way you live your life, that you don't expect strength from yourself. You expect it from God, but you accept the weakness in yourself. So, just to be... Ooh, Again, yeah, so the difference between boasting and pride, the boasting, Hank, the difference between Hank William Jr. and family tradition and Eric Church and sinners like me, um, I can call a thing what it is. I can call my son, son. And there's freedom in that. There's freedom in just naming it, saying this is something that I, is not good in me. You, and then you can go to the Lord in prayer. If it's not something that you're happy with, um, there's freedom in lifting it up to him. And then after that, letting it go. And knowing that whether or not the Lord chooses to free from that thing, or ho- and hoping that he does, knowing that Christ, that the Lord has strength and power over it, and that he can surely heal you in an instant, or he can use it for his glory, regardless. Um, I did want to make a caveat, though, that um, this message of failure and weakness is not, I don't think, an easy one to live out. I think life, live, life lived as a failure is exhausting. And regardless of whether you're a Christian or you're not, I think life is that way. Um, and so I'm gonna, we're going to watch like a really short clip of... Has anybody seen the movie Crazy Heart? Oh, yeah, it's awesome. I love it. It's not necessarily... Um, it won a bunch of Oscars, I think, two years ago? It's about a country music singer um, played by Jeff Bridges who has really kind of bottomed out and nothing in his life is going well. And here we see, if I can get that to widescreen. Um, oh, well, I'm not. It'll be fine. Here we see that he... Um, He's just lost a child. This woman, he was dating this woman, and he lost her child in the mall. Like her four-year-old son lost him. And so um, eventually they find him, but she kind of is like, I can't talk to you anymore. And this is what happens when he sees her again. Wait, let me put this.
Okay, so you see that he is really kind of, in a lot of ways, hit rock bottom. Um, and the song, we're just going to listen to part of it because it's too good not to listen to. Just to sit in that, because I think that if you don't acknowledge that this message is hard, then you're, you're doing yourself and your friends a disservice. <laughs> because it is hard. I think this is, I think it's so beautiful when it's played by this guy. And the lyrics are on there. Your heart's on the loose. You rode in silver with nothing to lose. This ain't no place for the weary and a thorn in your side that he can't give up. He can't get rid of it. And so it is, I mean, if you watch the movie, it literally has beaten him down. Um, and it's hard, to, it's hard, it's pain, I find it to be painful to watch. 
Um, but also to know that, um, that that's the depth of where we can get. And I think even if you're in junior high or high school and you're thinking, I'm not 57 years old, country music burned out. I, I spend a lot of time with you all and I think, you see burnout. I mean, you're exhausted. You're running yourself ragged. I see it all the time. And I think that um, the good news that we have in adult statement, you all know that, is in Luke 4 when he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is what Jesus says about himself. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Early on when they said, John the Baptist has come for, he says, are you the one that we're supposed to be waiting on? Is there going to be somebody else? And he says, I'm the one that's going to proclaim freedom for the captives to those who are oppressed. I'm the one. And so the good news for the weary in us, the weary, those long days, long seasons, long months, is that Jesus has come to proclaim, give me your burden, for my yoke is easy and burden is light for you. Give, cast it on me. I will take it. I will carry that for you. Um, and it's just incre- it's incredible. And so you, therefore, because of Jesus, have people like Hank Williams Sr., who, Hank Williams Sr., famously the um, alcoholic and um, drug addict who died of an overdose when he was 30 years old, um, who can sing this song. He used to sing this song to close all the shows. You know this song. So good. Um, I mean, you never know this song. As Christians, we still experience hardship. He experienced hardship. Um, we experience hardship. I remember when I we, last year we went on a trip to visit widows in Chattanooga, and I sat at a table with a woman who had been twice widowed. I tell stories about her a lot because really have made an impact on me. And she had the second time she'd been married once, and he had died in his when he was 40, and then she remarried 10 years later, and then she was 60, and for 10 years she had been a widow again. And this was a woman with such faith and perseverance. And I think that's nothing but the Lord. That as Christians, we're still experience suffering and weariness and the failures of our, ourselves and the systems of life around us. And yet, as Christians, the Lord, the difference is the Lord gives us the strength to persevere, I think, and even in times to be joyful, as we saw with her. And as we see with Hank Williams here. So hopefully that makes sense. Hopefully that reignited um, or maybe started a love of some country music. The good, the old. Um, are there any questions? I'd love a question. Do you have one? Country music, failure. Yeah. What's your favorite country music song? Favorite country music song? Ooh. Um, I, this song that we just played uh, is my favorite right now, The Weary Kind. I love that song. Um, but I also just like songs that have no, I'm trying to think of one that has some depth. But like, I, I love Fishing in the Dark, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. I mean, that, there's no value to that except for it's just fun. <laughs> so, um, and I love anything Alabama, you know. I mean, it's good. Thank you for asking that. Um, and I, when y'all came in, I was playing. This is a fun thing too about country music. This is my last little plug. I should get a commission from the Grand Ole Opry. Is that um, Alan Jack? Like the fun thing about country music is a lot of them are Christians. 
So it's in there somewhere. A lot of times, like Alan, but sometimes it's real blatant. Like they'll do gospel CDs. Like when y'all came in, I was playing the Alan Jackson gospel CD. Ugh, so good. So if you ever need something like that, soon. Anything else? I'll pray for us. Um, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that you love us, um, even in our weakness, Lord, even in our failure, Lord. I pray that um, as we struggle through life, I pray that you give us the strength um, to accept who we are, Lord, and um, and our deficiencies, but also, Lord, um, to accept what you've done for us, Lord, that we would um, that you would give us eyes to see the great power that you're working through us, even despite ourselves, even despite us not being what we might like to be or feel like we should be, Lord. Um, we know that you are enough and your grace is sufficient, Lord. Um, we thank you for country music. We thank you for um, for your saints all over the world and particularly um, here in the South. Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.